Lord, we, we just open this time up to you now. Um, I want to share the things that we elders feel like you're, you're calling us some possible next steps to take. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would give us additional thoughts we need from, from the body here. Um, maybe some ways that we need to tweak this thing or maybe just some whole new ideas, but, but really that we could come before you together. I mean, we, we've prayed, we've thought, we've fasted, we've sought you, we've talked to the home group leaders, we feel like we've got a sense of what you want us to do. But Lord, I know that you want to speak to us through the body too. Every part of this body is essential to the proper functioning of the whole. And so would you help us to think and pray and process and just be before you together as a church body now. We want you to be the head of this church, Jesus. And so would you come? Help me as I share what we're thinking and then would you give us a good time talking and thinking and and processing it together. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm really excited about this morning. I've been looking forward to this for a, a little while. So it's a little different. Those of you who are new here, we're glad you're here. Um, but what I'm going to do this morning, and I think probably next Sunday as well, is share some possible next steps that we believe Jesus is calling us to take at Mercy Hill in, in fulfilling the, the mission he's, he's directed us to. And we've, the elders talked about this. We're excited about it. Uh, we've, we've talked to the home group leaders about it. Um, I've tried to get counsel from other Acts 29 pastors and Chris Keener and, and other people that just, whose wisdom I respect. And then I want to share with you this morning, because I really, in fact, the elders have been praying that there would be, in fact, this has already happened, crucial input. I had a good talk with Doug Walker yesterday, and people are raising some really helpful insights and thoughts and additional, additional ways we could look at this. So I'm really praying that that will happen this morning. I'm going to share, but then we're going to open it up and let you... Let you uh, help us think this through. So I want to start by looking at what was the church like in the New Testament. Just start there. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. I've got a couple scriptures in Acts. I want to show you what was the New Testament church like. Acts chapter 1 is where I want to start. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. I'd like you all to have one so you can look up this passage. Uh, Thank you very much. Guys who are passing out Bibles. Uh, Acts chapter 1 is on page 909 in the Bibles we're passing out, just so that'll help you some. Now I want to start with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, got it? Acts 1, page 909, the Bibles we're passing out. Acts 1, verse 8. I'm not going to do an exhaustive thing on what the New Testament church was like, but I'm going to focus in on their understanding of the mission. And I just want you to feel what these passages say. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is talking to his followers, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here Jesus promises that he's going to pour out his Spirit upon all the believers, and one Result, one purpose for the outpouring of the Spirit is power. They didn't have much power before. Holy Spirit's poured out. They got power. And the purpose of that power is so that they can be witnesses throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. So from that verse, every believer would have understood the Spirit's coming. I'm going to be empowered to be a witness. 
One of my purposes as a follower of Jesus is to be a spirit-empowered witness. So that's, that's the foundation of this whole thing. And then in Acts chapter 2, Jesus pours out the Spirit. You've read the story. And uh, Holy Spirit's poured out upon all the believers. And they're all filled. And they go out into the streets and they're speaking the mighty works of God, right? With a miracle, as they're speaking the mighty works of God in their own language, the words that are coming out are in foreign languages that all the foreigners visiting Jerusalem can understand. So they're blown away by that. But all the believers are out there doing Acts chapter 1, verse 8, empowered by the Spirit, speaking the mighty works of God. Then Peter gets up, preaches a powerful sermon, and look at what happens in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Here's the results. Acts 2, verse 41, a couple pages over. So... Those who received his word that day were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Holy Spirit poured out, believers speaking, 3,000 believers added in. And so the result of that was, then all these believers, we read in the next verses, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship. And they had favor with all the people. And the results then, Acts chapter 2, last part of verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So every believer's filled by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses, 3,000 added, devoted themselves to fellowship, teaching, prayer, day by day, the Lord is adding those who are being saved. Okay, then skip over two chapters to chapter 5, verse 14. Luke has a theme through the book of Acts of stopping and just summarizing the additions, the conversions, the advance of the gospel. Look at Acts 5, 14. And more than ever, more than ever, like more than the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, more than ever believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Do you see this? It's this massive, it's like wildfire spreading throughout Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Next chapter over to the right. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests the Jewish priests became obedient to the faith and then one more skip ahead I'll skip a couple but look ahead to Acts chapter 16 verse 5 just one more text here are you getting the feel of what's happening in the early church when it comes to the mission Acts 16 5 so the churches so now we're speaking about all the churches. This isn't just something the apostles are doing. All the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Every church strengthened in faith, increasing in numbers daily. Okay, so what was the early church like? What was the New Testament church like? Now again, there's lots of answers to that, but just homing in on the mission Let's mention two things. Number one, every disciple saw that they were called by Jesus, devoted to helping people come to know Jesus. 
That was their purpose. I'm here to help people come to know Jesus. And then every group of disciples was regularly seeing people brought to Jesus. Every disciple was devoted to helping people come to know Jesus. And every group of disciples was regularly seeing people come to know Jesus. Okay, I want to give you a picture of this, so I need some volunteers. I need 11, count them, 11 volunteers up here on the stage. So just come right up real quick so we don't take a lot of time. I need one person here, five back here, and then five over here. Okay, thanks Dave Strauss, thanks people, need 11. One over here, five here, and five over here. Now, I just want to give you just a a visual so you can see this, okay? And if if the numbers aren't exact, that's all right. As long as there's just, we just need one over here though. Just one person here, five in in a clump. You guys are like a fellowship here, okay, five. Clump up. Okay, you guys are going to get over here then. Okay, and, and uh, one, two, three, four, five. I need one more over here, just, just, just for thoroughness. Thanks, Jerry. Okay, and Marsha's here. Now, I just want just, I, I just like, I like visual aids because they help me to think things through. But I just want to g- give you a little bit of a feel of what this would look like. So, okay, no, you guys get, get a clump here. Clump, clump. Okay, gosh, let's go. All right, all right, now. Okay, now. Now, this all starts with one person, you, me, Marsha, loving Jesus Christ. Okay, so this all starts there. So let's just, here's the background to this, okay? So just walk this through in your own life and think about this with Marcia and, and, and I'm thinking about it for my life. There's a God who's created you. That's why you're here. It's just a stunning thing to think about, isn't it? And he's promised that he would provide everything you need and that he will guide you in every decision you make and he will satisfy your heart completely in knowing him, loving him, worshiping him. God just is overflowing with goodness. He's created us for this and we've all said, screw you. We've turned our backs on him. I'm going to live on my own, call my own shots, thank you. None of us have acknowledged our creator, right? This is where we are. And God has cut us off from fellowship with him and we face eternal judgment because of that. So here's Marcia, here's you, here's me. Okay, cut off from God. Not, not being provided for like God wants to, not being guided in our decisions. Our hearts aren't satisfied in knowing him. So somebody comes to Marcia, somebody came to you and told you about Jesus. Okay, and God brought his power upon Marcia, you, me, changed our hearts. Marcia has received Jesus as her Lord and her Savior. Oh, I forgot about, I forgot part of it. Okay, so we're all facing eternal judgment. This is the most important part. Um, And God sent Jesus, okay? I'm jumping ahead of the story. God came to the earth in the person of Jesus. God was punished for our sins. (laughs) Ponder that. So that then, okay, now Marcia receives Jesus as her Savior, Lord, heart-satisfying treasure. At that moment, all of her sins are forgiven. It happened to you too. His power comes, starts to change her heart. And for the first time, her heart's completely satisfied in knowing him. Okay, so, so this is what's happened to you if you're trusting Jesus. This is what happens, has happened to Marcia. This is what's happened to me. This is what's happened to everybody in the early church. So for the first time, she's provided for, she's guided, she's loved, she's full, she's forgiven because of what Jesus has done. She's a brand new creation in Christ. And then Jesus says, now, join a group of my followers. So he leads Marcia to join. Okay, you guys get over there farther, okay? Come on, okay. So she, she joins in here, and they're all, they're all together. They're all connected, okay? Now, there's a lot of love here. This is better, you guys, okay? There's a lot of love here. 
They're devoted to fellowship together. They bear each other's burdens. They pray for each other. They speak the truth. The word of Christ is richly dwelling within them. There's love here. There's, there's community here. They, they don't just meet together once a week. They're together all the time. Okay, they're, they're calling each other. They're texting each other, emailing each other, hanging out at Denny's, wherever they are. There's, there's just a lot. This is, this is what we're trying to do in our home groups. Okay, are you feeling it? Are you feeling it? Okay, you're feeling it? Yes. Are you feeling it? All right. Okay, but now it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Acts 1.8, we are empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses. And Jesus calls us to join together in tight communities of love to go on mission together. Right? To advance the gospel together. So these people, their hearts are so full of Jesus, they know... I've, as the Father has sent me, I've sent you. And they look over and they see these and they can tell they do not know the Lord. Okay, they can tell, okay? And so their hearts are so full of the Lord Jesus that what happens? Go over there together and, and start and just get to know them, love them, serve them, tell them about Jesus. Okay, so, so there's just real love going on here, real serving, real caring in this neighborhood. And, and God's power is coming upon these, these five ragamuffin guys over here, and God's saving them, okay? And, and then they become this community. A lot of love here. How come there's only two women? Okay, we just, anyway, all right, so there's a, a lot of love here, okay? And then, and then it, they realize, wait a minute, they look over here, and they look over there, and they look over there, and they see that there's more people who need the Lord, but now... Oh, is that you see him? Okay, so, so it starts with it all. Everything I'm talking about this morning starts with you as an individual passionately, deeply trusting and loving Jesus Christ. It all starts there. If, if that's not happening, that's where it's got to start. And then becoming part of a community of believers where you love each other, build each other, care, nurture, support each other, and then you realize Jesus sends you together on mission. And you go out and you together advance the gospel, show people who Jesus is, love people, share with people, meet their needs, share the gospel, and people get saved. Okay, let's give a big thanks to our our visual aid people. Now, so here's the question. How are we doing at Mercy Hill Church in being like the New Testament church when it comes to that aspect of, of advancing the mission how are we doing in, in being missional? And I just want to say, first of all, I just, I just love you folks. I mean, I love how you love each other. I love how you experience this together. I love how you worship the Lord. I love how you are fervent and earnest in prayer. I love how you are devoted to the scriptures, how you fight the fight of faith, how you you cast your burdens upon the Lord. I love how you support each other and pray for each other and love each other and serve each other and encourage each other. I love how you're committed to unreached people groups. I love all these things that God's doing here. God's doing so much here. I mean, I would be remiss if I just, I mean, we just, we have so much to celebrate. Plus, it's just amazing, over about the last 18 months maybe, God's brought us like 40 to 50 new people, okay? You know who you are, and and you new people God's brought to us, you are like, I love you guys. I mean, you're, you, you love Jesus, you love the word, you're, you're just like, just 
Where are we going? Let's do it. Come on, let's go. You're, you're, you're passionately committed to Jesus Christ and his mission. God's just richly blessed us here. Okay? But the danger is that we could think that because our numbers are growing, that therefore we're like, it, it's like it's working. We're, we're accomplishing our mission. And again, we celebrate all that God's doing. I thank him every day, at least a couple times, for all that God's doing here. But when it comes to advancing the mission, uh, we're not as strong as we need to be. We're just not. Okay? Well, part of my job is to be a coach. Coaches got to tell the team, you know, defense looking good this week. Offense, got to do some work. Okay? So that's, that's, that's part of my job. Part of the elder's job. We're, we're, we're coaches together. Um, now, I want to, just a couple things. It's not that our home group leaders aren't being faithful in leading their home groups. Home group leaders, let me, let me talk to the home group, home group peeps, okay? Home group people, you've got awesome home group leaders. You know that. Our home group leaders are devoted. They love you. They labor in prayer for you. You know how they encourage you, how they lead, they listen, they serve, they spend time. We have awesome home group leaders. The problem here is not that our home group leaders aren't being faithful. They are absolutely faithful in all their sharing. Um, I also want to clarify this whole thing we're talking about this morning. It's not about getting more numbers here. It's not about Mercy Hill Church becoming a big church. I have no interest in that uh, in terms of a numbers thing. I mean, at least when I'm, when I'm close to Jesus, I have no interest in that, okay? When I'm not, I get ambitious and want people to notice me and blah, blah, blah. But when I'm doing well, I have no interest in having, having this become big numerically here. What, what, what my heart, and I know your hearts, have been captured by is two things. Just like somebody prayed earlier, the lost people in San Jose and the South Bay Area and the brokenness and the the torn marriages and the lonely people and the poor and the needy. That's what my heart's been touched by in your hearts and the glory of Jesus. That Jesus deserves having his gospel spread out with, to, shared with people and he deserves having people become worshipers of him. So it's Jesus, his gospel, the lost. That's why we have to do better. I have to do better. I have to lead us better as a church in advancing the gospel. I have to do this. Us elders, we're going to stand before Jesus one day and give an account for Mercy Hill Church. And frankly, it's tempting with new people coming and people like it and it's good. It's easy to kind of sit back and say, but you know, when, when you match up what we're doing with the New Testament scripture, while there's wonderful pluses and strengths that we celebrate, there's also, we're weak in a mission. Church, I'm weak in leading the mission, okay? And so you can see that. Remember this picture up here? L- let me illustrate it this way. We, we, we started showing this picture about a year ago. These are all of our home groups throughout the South Bay Area. And we, we're, we remember I did a whole long series. This is even before this about out of the salt shaker. Long series on, on uh, you know, advancing the mission. And then last summer we did a series on uh, spreading the gospel through the city and talked about faith and community and mission and multiplication. And, and so we, here's the picture of our home groups and, uh, and nothing's changed in this picture for a year. Okay? And I think it would be fair for some of you to, to email the elders and say, um, is the vision working? Right? Is it happening? Are, 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 we, are, we, are you just going to talk about it on Sundays or... Or, with all due respect, are we going to do it? 
I think that'd be a very fair question to ask. So, we are not strong in advancing the mission, so what's the problem? That's what I'm going to share about this morning. What, what is the problem? Um, and it's a problem, uh, something that I've, I've neglected, okay, just to let you know ahead of time. This is not going to be, all of you, you know, it's not what this is. It's something I've neglected. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure we could pray more. I'm sure we could engage our neighborhoods more. I'm sure we could be more bold in, in sharing the gospel. But there is something, as the elders have talked, as we've prayed, as we've just been before the Lord saying, are we doing everything you call us to do? There is something that is very fundamental to New Testament church life that we have neglected. Something very fundamental. It's, it's, it's all through the scriptures, New Testament, but we've neglected it. And uh, what that is, it's, there's lots of ways I could phrase it. I'm just going to use the word training. It's, it's life on life Training, 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 training. Um, so here we are as elders, and we want to lead our church ahead in, in being more missional. And so, you know, where does my mind go? It's like, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to preach like a 15-week series on out of the salt shaker, you know, being the salt of the earth. So I, I preach and preach and think, if I just preach enough, then things are going to happen. Or then we you know, did the, you know, spreading the gospel in the city. Preaching, teaching, and, and we're encouraging and, and exhorting and, and talking and preaching, but... What did Jesus do when he had 12 guys that he wanted to raise up in advancing the gospel? What did he do? Well, he, he, he talked about it. He, he taught them. He preached, if you will. But what else did Jesus do? He said, follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. He, he lived the mission with those 12 guys for three years. He had life-on-life training with them. Didn't just say, hey guys, Tuesday night, missions club, missional, you know, how to be missional class, come on, come to this every Tuesday night, see you there. Okay, Peter, see you next week, dude, it's going to be awesome. Right on, okay. Uh, No. said, Peter, let's, next three years, no place to lay your head, but let's go hang out. Watch me. Live with me. And so the disciples watched Jesus as he called Zacchaeus out of the tree and said, Zach, I want to have dinner, lunch with you today in your house. And then they all went and they watched Jesus talk with Zacchaeus. Wouldn't you have loved to have listened in on that conversation? Or how Jesus could go into a party of tax collectors and, you know, that kind of person, and they all just, he was in there just hanging out with them, talking to him. I would have loved to hear how he'd do that. I feel so awkward in those kind of situations myself. But the point is, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, if anybody, anybody could have taught and preached people into doing this, it could have been Jesus. But he didn't rely on teaching and preaching. He lived it before them. Do you see that? And this is all through the uh, through New Testament. Uh, Barnabas lived the mission before John Mark. John Mark got trained up. Paul lived the mission, did life-on-life training with the whole Thessalonian church, which is how they, then the gospel, or the, their, their faith spread throughout all Macedonia and Achaia because they were hanging out with Paul. Paul lived the mission before Timothy and before Titus and before Silas. And, and what, does, what does Paul write? Remember the passage? God has appointed apostles, Prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers 
Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Equipping. Equipping. Now, see, part of my problem is, and, and, and I think in the Western world, we've tended to model the church kind of as a school. We kind of use the academic model of what church is. And so it's a place where you, you come and you get taught. And we're all for teaching. We are passionately committed to preaching the Bible. I hope you know that. We're not changing that at all. But we've thought that if, if I've thought, if I could just preach powerfully enough, this is going to happen. If anybody could have preached powerfully enough and made it happen, it would have been Jesus. That's not how Jesus raised up 12 men who changed the world. Do you see that? So we've just come to the conclusion, it's like, we've never trained our home group leaders in how to advance the mission themselves. <laughs> we've never trained them. We've never trained our home group leaders in how to lead a group of people on mission together. We've talked, talk, 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 let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Oh wait, previous slide, here's our home groups, and here's more home groups, and here's churches planted, and... Let's do it. Preach, talk. Let's talk. Let's preach. And we're not going to stop doing that. But we've never trained our home group leaders in how, with life-on-life training in how to advance the mission themselves and in how to lead a group of people on mission together. I saw this illustration. So let's say you've got a car which has uh, everything working except for the crankshaft. Okay, like the engine's there, gas tank is full, carburetor's clean, right? Spark plugs, wires, alternator, everything, transmission, everything's in place. You're not going to go very fast if the crankshaft isn't there, right? You'll just be doing a lot of pushing, okay? Crankshaft is an essential part. I think that's, that's how it is with church life. I mean, you can have prayer in place, you can have preaching in place. You can have community happening. You can have love going on. You can have serving. You can have all these things taking place. But if there's no training, you won't go very far, very fast. But there's good news here, Mercy Hill Church. Jesus is showing us a, a fundamental part that we're missing, training. And I think he's showing us that because he has... Great things in store. So here's what we're thinking about doing. And I want to share this. Uh, I mean, again, God calls the elders to lead. So we're leading this morning by sharing with you what, what next steps we think Jesus is calling us to take. But we really do want to hear and kind of be able to process this together as a church community. So it's not like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Okay? All right, if, if, if you've got a concern... I'm being dead honest here. If you have a concern, please share it because you may... In fact, we've been praying that God would give us additional insights from the body. Because we know, I mean, smart leaders get a lot of feedback, right? Get a lot of input. We're trying to be smart, wise leaders. So here's what we're thinking. And then we'll talk about this more. And I, I hope I explain this well, but you'll, you'll all help me if I don't explain it so well. First of all, we want to ask each home group... Would you give us your home group leader leaders for the summer? Would you give us your home group leaders for the summer so that we can train, train each other, be trained together 
in how to advance the mission and how to lead a group of people on mission. So would you give us your home group leaders? What, what we want to do is we want to, to form a summer home group for home group leaders in which we're going to do this together. And here's how we're thinking of, of doing this. We're thinking about focusing on Almaden Lake Park, meeting there maybe Thursday nights. So home group leaders meeting there. Uh, I meet like around six or something. We figure out some of the details. We're thinking of having dinner together and integrating kids in with this because that's a whole other thing we could talk about some other time. But that's a vital part of this package. And then we're going to love each other. We're going to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us. We're going to bear each other's burdens. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to really hold each other up before the Lord. And we're going to ask Jesus, Jesus, this week, how can we advance the gospel here at Alma and Lake Park? Now, we're also all going to be advancing the gospel in our own individual neighborhoods. That's going to be key. But together, we're asking the Lord, what this next week do you want us to do at Alma and Lake Park? And so he might lead a couple of the guys maybe to start a two, to go in like maybe four guys, two on two, start to do a volleyball game maybe Saturday afternoon and invite some other guys to join them. They'd build some connections through that. I mean, some of the moms would go over to the playground over on the other side of the park and, uh, and, and have their kids play and then meet some other moms. That's just a real powerful bonding thing that happens there. Maybe, maybe we'll put on a barbecue on a Friday night over there and just invite people to come and join us. But every week we're going to ask, Lord, what do you want us to do this week to advance the gospel at Almaden Lake Park? And then we'll be doing those things together and learning from each other. How do you have gospel conversations? How do you just love people? How do you get to know somebody and hear their story? So it's real, it's authentic, it's genuine, it's relational, it shows Jesus to them. And then at the same time, there's other, there's other kind of flow outs from this. Um, as we're all advancing the gospel in our own neighborhoods, maybe we'll meet people in our neighborhood and we'll say, hey, why don't you come back and play bocce ball with some of the... I've got some friends who play bocce ball on Friday afternoons at Almaden Lake Park, and so we can have some neighbors come and link up with some of the home group people and do some bocce ball. Or maybe some of the home group people would go to your neighborhood and help maybe somebody there who needs like some yard work done or has some other area of needs. There's all kinds of ways it can work, but the, the goal of this is that we would have 14, 15 weeks of immersing ourselves, kind of getting our DNA reprogrammed by the Spirit so that we are living on mission together. Supporting each other, loving each other, holding each other up in prayer, and advancing the mission together. So that's one part of this, is asking you to give us your home group leaders so we can do a summer training home group. Okay, so now if you're going to give us your... If you're going to give us your home group leaders, what's going to happen to your home group? Now, this is vital. Second part, it's absolutely crucial that everyone in our home groups is cared for, supported, strengthened, nurtured, built up, encouraged this summer. Here's why. Satan is prowling like a roaring lion. 1 Peter 5, right? And he's trying to pick all of us off all the time. And part of our conviction here at Mercy Hill Church is we believe in eternal security and we believe that eternal security is a community effort. So it's absolutely crucial that everyone in our home groups has community around them, loving them, caring for them, supporting them through the summer. So how would that happen if we're asking you to give us your home group leaders? Well, we've got a couple suggestions. And what I want to encourage you to do 
this week in your home group is as you talk about this, pray about this specific question. Lord, how might this work best for us? But here's a couple suggestions. One would be keep meeting on a weekly basis altogether except for your home group leaders. And a, a simple way to provide encouragement would simply be to maybe have the men and women um, at the same home meet in separate rooms. Share needs, share scripture, pray for each other, hold each other up. Somebody could kind of facilitate that. No, it wouldn't take a lot of preparation, but the love would be there. The nurture would be there. The care would be there. So that's one possible way it could work. Another way, maybe you think it's easier um, if maybe you don't all meet at the same time each week, but maybe the men meet at a different time and the women meet at a different time. Maybe, or maybe some other combinations, maybe a couple of guys, but here's the important thing, is that everyone, 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 this is our, our big concern here, and we're talking about this with the elders, and, and there's some tears, and it's like, what about, what about our people? Okay, so this is where the elders are, what about the people? So we're feeling this, and we believe that Jesus has a way for this to work. And if you're not part of a home group, and just thinking about this group up here, and here's talk about Satan prowling like a roaring lion. You're thinking, I'd like to do that. Why don't you join a home group this summer so you can start experiencing that in that way? But this week, home group leaders, home groups, pray, think, talk, ponder how that might look. There may be a whole other way that, that the Lord gives you to pursue it. But there's some suggestions. Um, okay, so this summer... We're thinking of next steps to have there be a home group, leaders home group, where we're, we're training each other in how to advance the mission ourselves, how to have gospel conversations, how to meet our neighbors, how to show Jesus to people, how to lead people to Christ, and then how do you lead a, a home group on mission together. Now, there's one other factor, though, that we think is crucial for this, and that is um, to end up having our home groups have more of a, of a geographical orientation. So we're closer, we're closer to the people in our home groups. I mean, there's a couple obvious reasons why that would be the case. Um, first of all, I should just mention, we're not going to mandate where people go in home groups. The Lord will lead you. Okay? So what we simply want to do is, is encourage you to consider uh, being in a home group that's closer to where you live. And then pray about that. But here's a couple obvious re- benefits. One is this community of this group up here being together. Obviously, uh, time, space, constraints, that will happen more if you live close to each other. Right? All else being equal. That, that, that's a no-brainer. But here's another reason as well. It's, it's for the sake of the mission. Think about it like this. Kind of what's been in my mind is you, you, I've, got, I've got my home group, Jan and I have got our home group here, and we say, let's all go out and advance the mission in our neighborhoods this week, okay? Holy Spirit's on us, we're empowered, let's go and do this out in our neighborhoods. And the, the problem with that, though, is that we're asking people to just kind of go off on their own and to, and to kind of do it on their own and to kind of make it start on their own, and there's two things that are missing in that. One is, it's so much easier if we can have something we're doing together, because we get the encouragement of that and we get the training that comes from that. So what we're thinking we need to do is to have, have a home group where the home group leader senses, I'm supposed to lead a team of people to advance the gospel in this neighborhood. Like, let's take an example. I've already talked about the Cabots today. Uh, but th- they're praying about starting a home group uh, at their home uh, near Good Sam, which is where they live, right? 85, Lee, Union, right in there. Got, got, got that in your mind geographically? So they're praying about this. 
And uh, let's assume that God confirms and the elders confirm that they should be leaders and, and God says, I'm calling you to lead a team of people on mission to this neighborhood. Now what that would mean would be that to join their group, you'd be praying and you sense, I believe God is calling me to, to invest a substantial portion of my missional efforts to help the Cabots advance the gospel in their neighborhood. I mean, I'm still going to be involved in my own neighborhood and with people at work, but that a substantial portion of my involvement is here to help the Cabots. And so we're part of a home group where we're advancing the gospel so in the Cabot's neighborhood. So you'd meet together once a week, love each other, worship, pray for each other, bear each other's burdens, nurture each other, you're strengthened, you're strong, Satan's prowling, but he's not getting any bites into people. Okay, you're all, you're all together in that. And then you'd spend time saying, Jesus, how could we advance the gospel in this neighborhood, the Cabot's neighborhood this week? And it may be that there's a guy that Matt's met just for example, who said, hey, I'd love to go see the Iron Man 2 or whatever, okay? I'd love to go see that sometime. Matt says, hey, maybe, maybe we should do that. And maybe some of the guys would join Matt with his neighbor and go watch Iron Man 2. And then just be there, have fun watching the movie, go hang out afterwards together. Just, you're, you're getting to know this guy, you're loving each other, you're laughing, you're having a great time together, you're watching Matt, you're all, the Holy Spirit's there, and things are happening, and you're together helping Matt advance the gospel in his neighborhood, Maybe there's a family in the neighborhood who's had a surgery recently or, or some other difficulty and they could have, could have meals brought to them. And so the home group would join together and help the Cabots do that, take meals over or maybe put on a dinner for people in the neighborhood. Again, some of the moms would be going to a nearby park and playing or whatever. But the point is this group is together so that, see, because, I mean, anybody could, any guy could go watch Iron Man 2 with Matt Cabot and his neighbor. Right? Any of, guys, any of us who, who couldn't do that, it'd be easy to do. But what's cool about it is you're starting to live the mission in easily accessible ways. And you're starting to live it. And as you live it, your heart will start to be changed. And the more we can do that together in accessible ways, the more we'll start living more missionally in our own neighborhoods and they'll just spread and flow. So those are all reasons why I think it would be wise for us to pray and ask Jesus, do you want me to be in a home group that's near my own, my own neighborhood, my own house? And then we have our home groups unite together to invest a substantial portion of their missional effort into advancing the gospel in that neighborhood. Okay, now, um, So here's, here's kind of where we see this going. I want, want your feedback. I'm thinking we're going to take, it, take this next week to maybe talk about this some more as well. It all depends on how many questions come by email this week, okay? I mean, raise them in your home group, send them to me, call me up, talk about them. But kind of where we would see this going is at the end of the summer, we would have every... And by the way, if, if, if hearing all this talk stirs you up, you're thinking, I, I think I'd like to lead a home group. I, I kind of get excited about that. Come talk to me. And we can kind of lay out, here's kind of the steps towards moving towards having you lead a home group. We'd love to see new home groups raised up, and the Holy Spirit might right now just be stirring like, I would love to do that. Okay, well, let's talk, if, if that's what's in your heart. Um, but towards the end of the summer, we'd have all the home group leaders get up here, and they would share, I feel like Jesus has called me to lead a home group, and I feel like he's called me to advance the mission, to, to have a group of people helping me advance the mission in this neighborhood. It might be at their own home, it might be at somebody else's home. And God would have spoken to them too about it. Okay, so and then you could just pray and say, "Lord, where do you want us to go?" And then we would move ahead on that on that basis. Okay, that's what we're thinking. All right, now what 
first of all, how can I have explained that clearer? I'm asking elders, I'm asking my wife, elders' wives, we've, we've all talked about this for, or home group leaders, we've all talked about this for a while. So maybe how I could make this more clear, or what, like, I don't think that's a good idea because of this. We, we, I want to welcome that. Or I think that's a great idea. That'd be fine too. But we especially want to hear, uh, we'll take both. So what, what thoughts? Raise your hand. Let's bring a mic over to you. Love to hear what you're thinking about this. Does the, does the, does the plan make sense? Do you understand what we're talking about? Because I might have totally botched it. I hope not. Chuck, go ahead. I asked the one word I thought of was about the on-the-job training was instead of or on the and life on life is action. You're looking to put some action, some feet on the ground. Boots on the ground. I think so. Yeah, uh, that's what Jesus did. I've just really been struck. I mean, one of the most obvious things about Jesus' ministry was that he lived with these guys for three years, doing the ministry with them. Almost no, very few churches in this country, in this country, live that way, with that kind of life-on-life involvement. It's time-consuming. I mean, it'd be much easier if I could just talk to all of you and say, go do it this week, and you all go do it, and I can go back and study, read my books, you know, and and pray, you know, and talk to my neighbors and come back next week, and it's all happening. It's so much easier, time-wise. That's not how Jesus did it, though, right? So there's lots of reasons why we can back off from really having doing that life-on-life training, but Jesus didn't back off from it, and it's how we're called to do it. So somebody have a mic over here? Yeah, Ernie. Question about these uh, home group leaders training. Is there a template that you have in place now that other churches have done? Is there something that you're building on that someone else has done, or is this something that we're developing uh, specifically for us? We've been helped a lot by... Uh, Last, last spring, spring 2009, the elders went down to Hollywood for a day and heard uh, Jeff Vanderstelt just talk about how they do church at his church. They're at Soma Communities up in um, Tacoma, Washington. Soma is the Greek word for body. And, uh, and we're not following them slavishly particularly, but, but this is the kind of stuff they talked about, he talked about. And then some of us went and heard him again was it three months ago. Um, up, up a little bit north here, about an hour north of here, up in Concord. And um, the, the template, though, is is, is simple. It's not a, not a you know like a whole big notebook full of stuff that we've. It's pretty simple. It's let's do together, let's act together, let's love people, let's talk, let's hear their story. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit as we listen to their story. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to, to help us just love them and care for them and open up doors where we can share Jesus with them in ways that are real and functional and natural. So, Jeff's been very helpful. Um, but there's not a lot of new information. I, I think we're kind of information rich. We, we have a lot of information, you know. A lot of thinking, not as much doing. And... Uh, or Einar Pedersen, who's, who's with the Lord now, but he used to talk about uh, enough learning. Let's, 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 let's get about some doing. Let's, let's doing. Do some stuff. Does that help, Ernie? Yeah. Okay, follow up on that if you want to. Let's go to Doug, and then you can come back. Doug. There's a lot of us here that aren't home group leaders. Yeah. And what if this is stirring a passion in you that uh, you really want to get involved in this, but you're not, quote, a home group leader? Yeah. Where do they, where do they talk stand? Talk to me. Is it, yeah, great question. 
Um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're raising that. So if you're not a home group leader, and you hear me talking about this home group leaders, home group for the summer, thinking, I would love to be involved in something like that. Talk to me. Talk to me today, okay? Thank you, Doug. So it's, it's open, all right? Let's go over here to John, then over here to Dale, and then follow up on Ernie again if we want to. John, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of have a follow-up on what Ernie said, and, and I don't know if Doug or somebody else, I don't recall who it was, but... As believers in Christ, we're all commissioned to go out and preach the gospel. You've been teaching us that. You've been, I guess, equipping us in our home group that you lead to work on our testimonies. Yeah. Okay, beyond that, all of us have a bit of maybe fear of rejection in doing so. A practical exercise. uh, I mean, we were even exhorted this morning by our worship leader. Yes. What do you have to lose but maybe your own pride or embarrassment? Okay, so equip us by maybe going through some exercises where on a weekend we go downtown and we actually start witnessing to people. We talk to them. For me, that would probably help me get over an inhibition or fear of rejection. And I think that's part of you know putting the feet on the ground and going out and doing that. Uh, beyond that, is there something you could do, you know, like 10 quick steps or 10 things you can just keep in mind to uh, keep you moving in that direction? So that every opportunity, you're willing to embarrass yourself for Christ. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what I wanted to add. I don't know if there's... And then let me just add on to that and, and also to what Ernie asked earlier. Um, it, it, where we will start with the home group leaders, home group this summer, is a very basic issue, and that is do we love Jesus with all our hearts? Do we love him? Am I abiding in him? Am I feeding on him? Is he comforting me today? Am I casting my burdens upon him? Am I full of joy in him? Is he my passion? We've got to start there because if, if, you're, if you're not feeling that, you've got nothing to talk to people about, right? And so we've got to start there. Um, we, we all need to always start there. We need to come back and revisit that. And then we want to find accessible ways that we can together Love people, serve people. Going downtown, maybe, but but let's. I want to find something that we all, that everyone could be comfortable doing. Let's go with Matt Cabot to watch Iron Man two with his friend, or right something, or let's go play bocce ball and invite some guys to join us. I, I could do that, right? Okay, that. And as you take those steps for Jesus, full of Him, and you watch the Lord work, and you watch the Lord connect people together, and you watch conversations open up and hearts open up, and 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 the gospel come, your heart. You, you, you're going to be a goner, right? Your heart's going to be one for this. Your heart's going to be changed. My heart's going to be changed more. So if God calls me to go downtown, I can do that or whatever. But accessible steps that we can all take together that, that anybody could do. And then as you watch the Lord work and as you feel his presence and as you sense the pleasure of God upon you as you're in those settings, we'll be changed and we'll be moving ahead. So that's that's kind of just some, some flow directions that I see it going in. And Dale had... A question. Yeah, kind of, kind of on the same trail of thought as John had about going to the park and stuff. I'm wondering if you take 10 home group leaders, you train them over the summer, they take what they learn to 10 home groups. Yes. It's going to stay at those 10 home groups. Um, what is the plan, like John said, to actually go out to the parks or go here or go there? Is there, I mean, is that the idea to yeah. take it outward? Okay, the plan is for each home group to be focusing, asking the Lord, what neighborhood do you want us to focus on next fall? So we'd have 10 neighborhoods where the gospel is being advanced. 
So those are easily accessible ways. We all, there's no one here who doesn't live in a neighborhood, right? So as we all learn how do you advance the gospel in a neighborhood, we all can immediately start to advance that. That's the simplest, easiest way that we can all get involved. We can, we can all play on that playground, right? So there's 10 neighborhoods where the gospel is being advanced. Now, God can lead us to do other things besides that. I mean, he could lead us to go start going down to St. James Park and caring for the poor, going down to some of the homeless encampments like we've done before in the past and feeding people. There's all kinds of things on top of that that he could lead us to do. But all of us live in neighborhoods, right? I mean, I don't, there's nobody here who thinks, I've, advancing the gospel in my neighborhood, I've got that one totally down, right? None of us would say that, I don't think. I mean, the walkers are, are totally cooking on that, right? And there's other people here that are, but I, we're not, and, and probably most of us aren't. So we all live in a neighborhood. We all are called by Jesus to love our neighbor as ourselves, so this is the perfect place to start. We're there, we see people in our neighborhood every day, so let's learn how to do it in these 10 neighborhoods, and then we can all start advancing it in our own neighborhoods, and then it's going out. Does that make sense? Why don't you bring a mic up to Jan? She's got something here. That's... <laughs> I think in the how we have been doing is that you have a home group and you talk about you want to do the mission this week and so yeah everyone break go do the mission so everyone spreads out back to their homes and you try and think well, what could I do this week well maybe I'll see someone when I go out to get the mail you know and oh I didn't see anyone this week when I went out to get my mail and so nothing happens whereas this is looking a little different in the fall when the Lord has led us each to areas that he wants us to work in you know we have our regular home group just like always nothing's going to change there in terms of the love and care and laying our lives down for each other but during that meeting at the end you say what are we doing this week as a group to advance the mission so you don't just say well we're all going to hope to see someone at the mailbox but you say guys what do you think should we go do bocce ball at the park say saturday afternoon about five and we'll I could bring a guy from my neighborhood and, and we'll meet some people down there. And okay, so, so there's something set for those guys to do. And then there's some women that say, let's see, what can we do? Um, you know, maybe we can, you know, my neighbor over here has some kids and she needs a babysitter and blah, blah. And so you're, you're all planning something. So when you leave your home group Wednesday night or whatever night, you already say, I know that on Saturday I'm doing this or on Thursday I'm doing that or on Friday I'm doing that. So there's some things in place that you're actually doing and that's where we hope the training will take place in the fall with the leaders that have been at this group in the summer are now leading the rest on a time of learning how to do this together. So we're all a team. Like it might be three women or two women or five guys or it could be couples doing something or whatever. But you've got, you each at least have one thing that you're doing. Good. Thank you. I love that. Jerry, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. Allie, go ahead. Towards the beginning of the sermon, you were asking, what did Jesus do? And the whole question comes up, what would Jesus do? You know, um, I just kind of pictured myself, oh, I'm walking down the street, and, um, you know, say I see someone homeless, and I, you know, I have a dollar in my pocket or something and you know I give it to them how much is that helping like what should I do should I just give them that dollar and feel good about myself or 
you know, should I actually try going out of my way and really try helping them find a place or find something warmer yeah. to wear or actually, you know, try going out of my way and get a meal in their stomach. Right and even with that meal in their stomach, how much is that really helping in the long run? You know, what should I do? Perfect. So asking, what would Jesus do and what's going to really help them in the long run, right? So love them, don't treat people as projects. Love them, care for them, listen to them, help them in tangible ways. Tell them about who Jesus is. Draw them in, have them come stay at your house, right? Possibilities are endless. Thank you. I think that's good. That's his heart. More. Oh, what time is it? Like, is there like one more, like just around the tip of your tongue? Jasmine? Well, my, this is getting back to what you were saying about really, you know, the Bible talks about, um, you know, people are going to know by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Yes. And if we really, if we really love Jesus, we love Jesus. So we're experiencing his love. There's a connection. There's a relationship. There's the Holy Spirit that's moving us and moving through us. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that is really, it's that and the word of our testimony yes. to share that. Yes. So practically, I was getting back to what this gentleman was saying, practically, as we share our testimonies in the time together that you are having the home group leaders, home group, yeah. learning to share your testimony Absolutely. with the power of the Spirit yes. on a, maybe, I don't know, weekly or whatever, practically, that gets you over the fear of sharing. Yes. I mean... Doing it in the group. Doing it in the group. Sharing it there. Whether it's weekly or... Yeah, good. Because then you get really used to it, and then yes. speaking to others isn't yeah. really scary. Yeah. Thank you. So I, that's a key key component. A lot of our home groups have been working on sharing testimonies, so that's a, obviously a key part of it. You're exactly right. Get over the fear. See, something that's, that struck has struck me here, you know, again, watching the Morocco team, being on short-term teams myself, church life is supposed to be like a, sh a short or maybe a long-term, missions team. Those of you who've been on missions trips, you're together. You're on mission together. You're, you're spending a lot of time together. You're in community. You're caring. You're praying. You're advancing the gospel. There's closeness there. There's spiritual growth that takes place. There's joy. There's stresses. There's strains. There's, there's squabbles. There's harmony. There's, there's, there's life together. And that's what the Christian life is supposed to be like. Now again, we're all tent makers, you got your job, you know, you got other responsibilities, but as much as possible to have be part of a group of people where we look each other in the eye and we say, let's band together to advance the gospel in this neighborhood. Let's do it. Let's join together. Let's pray. Let's love. Let's serve. Let's see what the Lord does. And the camaraderie of that and the unity of that and the closeness of that, I'm just thrilled as I think what God could do. Now, I also want to mention that these things we're suggesting, this is no magic bullet, right? I can't guarantee that we will see people saved every single day, but I, I can tell you that that um, that there's a crankshaft that needs to be put in the car. There's this issue of life on life training, both the summer and then the home group leaders training you in their home groups. So the training has got to continue, constant training, just like Jesus did, constant training. So. I have no sense of what this is going to mean, but it, it will mean great good for the city of San Jose. I think it will mean great good for us, uh, and it's going to be, mean us being faithful to the scriptures. So, okay, let's do this. Uh, email me, 
Okay, maybe some of you haven't been quite bold enough to like share real, real. If you've got major concerns, maybe you don't have any. Uh, but I just really want to be clear: if you've got concerns, we really, 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 really want to hear them. Okay, we really want to hear them because you may have a thought that we've just like have not thought of. Okay, so we're all a body here. You are an essential part of this. If you've got a concern, don't think, oh, it's just me, not that important. No, we want to hear it. We really do because you may have a crucial part of, oh, didn't even think of that. That's how the body works, right? We're not omniscient. Only he's omniscient. We all need each other. Okay, so if you have thoughts, concerns, email me. We'll talk, talk in your home group together about this. Wrestle with this together and especially talk in your home group. How might we keep functioning as a, as, as a support network without our home groups being part of it this summer? Home group leaders being part of it this summer. And then we'll come back next week. And So I'm going to kind of get a sense of how many questions there are. I think we're probably going to talk about this again next Sunday. Uh, you can give me feedback on that too. I don't want to beat a dead horse. That's a really bad analogy. But you know what I mean? This is not a dead horse. This is a, oh, there's a better analogy somewhere, but I won't think of it now. Anyway, let's stand together. Let me just pray over us and ask God to to help us process these things. We're just a body here, Lord Jesus. You're the head. Every part here is essential for the proper functioning of the whole. Lord, I feel like, and the elders and wives, we feel like you're you're leading us. Home group leaders, a lot of I mean we're all excited about this, but Lord, I pray that we could keep processing this, thinking about this, praying about this together. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that, well, my longing, as we've been praying as elders, Lord, is that, is that you would, would stir this in each heart here, that it wouldn't be just like, well, this is what the elders want us to do, so okay, but Lord, that we would each feel this from you ourselves, that we would have suggestions, have an ability to share concerns or just to share, yeah, this sounds like a really good idea. So Lord, most of all, I I just pray that you would speak, that we would function together. Would you speak? Would you give dreams? Would you give visions? Would you illumine scriptures to us this week uh, to encourage us in this direction or to say, wait, think about this, whatever it might be. We just want it. If it's from you, we want it, Lord. So I pray that you would do that. And Jesus, we're all about you and your glory. You are worthy of a people who are all on mission in advancing the gospel together. This is the church you bought at the price of your blood. This is what you want your bride to be. God, I pray that you'd strengthen us to be more faithful, to to be strengthening this area that's been weak up to this point. So help us, Lord, I pray. And thank you for this time this morning. And thank you for each one that's here. Thank you that you are going to lead and guide. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.